Anecdotes for success. Level up with truth, meaning, trade-offs, perspective. All right. Today we have Devin Birch. Hi, Devin. How are you? Good. How are you, Paul? Good. Uh, Matt, I was telling you earlier, Devin, uh, he, he's been an ex-student. Then he was an ex-colleague, and now he's living his best life down in Texas. And I don't want to—I don't want to tell any more of the story. So, Devin, why don't you tell us about yourself? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, yeah, I grew up in uh, Elmira Heights with my grandparents, um, basically since middle school. So, I was a student at um, Elmira Heights Central School District, Thomas A. Edison, where Paul was a teacher. He was actually my uh, PIG teacher, participation in government and economics. Um, I want to get my bachelor's degrees in mathematics and education at this state university of New York at Oneana State. Uh, played division three baseball there. Uh, from there, I wasn't sure what I was gonna do actually. So believe it or not, I actually worked uh, for a few months at a uh, max security correctional or um, adolescent correctional facility for a few months and decided that that wasn't for me. And actually then I, that's when there was a position that opened up at my alma mater at Thomas Edison for teaching, for math teaching position. I interviewed, I happened to know some people, <laughs> which helped. Uh, and I ended up, ended up landing the job. Um, and that's where my career as a teacher started. And I taught for five years at uh, Thomas Edison which is the longest that I taught at any school that I taught at. And, um, you know, I can, I can kind of touch on that, those five years because the, the, those five years is when I kind of realized I didn't want to be a teacher anymore. Um, and I think I knew that really early on, believe it or not. And to, to, I always tell this to, to people, you cannot like something and be very good at it. And I do think that I was, was good at it, but believe it or not, I woke up every day not wanting to go to work. Um, of course, there were parts of my job that I loved. Um, and then there was a lot of my job that I, that I didn't like. Uh, it, it wasn't a healthy balance. You know, of course, there's not going to be a perfect job out there. Um, and, and maybe there is for some people, but I think with everything comes a little bit of gripe. Um, so, you know, after five years, I decided to go to a different district, you know, maybe find happiness at a different district. Ended up going to Odessa Montour, uh, Central School District, taught there for a year. Uh, and then this is where it gets interesting. <laughs> so <clears throat> realized really quickly that it wasn't the school. It was the profession for me. So I, uh, we, we sold our house in Elmira and we moved to Ithaca at this point. So, so we had a little extra pocket change and this is where I got the bright idea that I was going to start my own business. Um, my wife pretty much supported me. Uh, I, I was pretty desperate at this point to get out of teaching. Um, and, and the desperation is kind of what bit me in the butt. And I, I'll get into that in a little bit here. So I, you know, I, I, I got my, um, I got my personal training certification because fitness had been a big part of my life. I, I kind of fell in love with fitness, um, in college through baseball. You know, I actually got into lifting through baseball, kind of fell out of love with baseball and into love with fitness. 
Um, so, you know, ever since I was, you know, 17, 18, fitness has been a huge, huge part of my life. And I was like, well, I'm a good teacher and I love fitness. So why don't I kind of mesh those together? Uh, Cause those are my, those are my two strengths. So, you know, I got my personal trainer certification. Um, I got my health coaching certification and I gave my resignation at the end of the year. And I started um, the foundations of Birch Fitness. Uh, which I didn't know it was going to be called Birch Fitness at that point. Um, so, you know, I walked out of the doors in June and started on this path uh, that lasted about a year and a half. So uh, Birch Fitness ultimately uh, ended up failing, which is okay. Uh, I learned a lot actually in the process. I, I did a lot of things that I thought I had to do that I didn't realize until now that I, that I didn't have to do. A lot of fancy stuff, a lot of fancy business stuff that you see on the internet. Uh, you know, once you're a coach, once you become an online health and fitness coach, you realize that everyone's an online health, health and fitness coach. Everyone's a beach body coach. And to stand out in the crowd, you got to have fancy pictures and, you know, you got to post fancy videos and all this. And, um, you know, ended up making some, some financial decisions, I think, that in the end, I prob probably kind of shut the business down a little bit sooner than, than, well, I didn't want to shut the business down at all, obviously, but a lot sooner than I anticipated. So, you know, I kind of went into this business thing blind, literally blind, again, out of desperation. Um, didn't really know what I was doing. I didn't really have a solid game plan, kind of just one in cold turkey. Um, I learned a lot in the, in the beginning. My wife, my wife kind of helped me. She was good. You know, she's good with marketing and, and things like that um, and gave me a lot of ideas, a lot of things I didn't listen to around that I probably should have. Does your wife work? I mean, she have, you said she's good at yes. marketing. Okay. Yeah, she, uh, so she's a um, IT project manager for Cornell University. Got it. Cool. Um, yeah, so, so she's, a, she's a pretty smart cookie. Um, yeah, so you know, I you know, I started Birch Fitness and you know, I kind of just did what I thought was the right things to do in that field. Uh, you know, putting out as much information as I could, offering free services, you know, getting the fancy pictures, doing the videos. Um, and then, you know, there there came a point where I realized that, you know, I'm really good at this coaching thing, but there's a lot of things that I'm not really good at. I'm not really good at marketing and I'm not really good at understanding, you know, the ins and outs of social media and I'm not a good salesman. <laughs> and I, I think that that was the biggest thing um, is my, the way I look at money uh, because I think everyone looks at money differently. And I think the way that you look at money has to do with how you ask other people for money and the approach you take in, in, in a sales pitch right? Uh, even though I knew that what I was selling, the people on the other end needed it. And I knew that they were going to get their, their money's worth. Uh, and I knew that they're going to get their money's, their money's worth because I always deliver. Um, and I do believe that myself. I, I actually tend to over deliver, uh, which is also something that kind of uh, was, you know, I don't want to say it, it, it kind of ruined the business or anything, but um, I was putting too many eggs in, in the delivery basket and asking for too little in return. And it ended me at the end. Um, 
the clients I worked with saw great results. Uh, you can, you know, you can see some of mine, my clients on my Instagram page. Uh, a lot of them were actually local clients, friends, family. And a lot of them, you know, I gave my service to for free. Um, and, you know, I was happy to do that. And in the end, it, when I look back in the end, you know, maybe I shouldn't have done that. You know, they say that if, if, you know, a friend or family wants your services and they shouldn't ask for a discount, that they should pay, they should pay full price for your product, um, especially if they believe in it and they want to support you, you know, and, um, you know, I did get them results. Um, so, you know, about a year into the business is, is when I started sweating a little bit and I was like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. Um, you know, I, I came in and spoke in Paul's classroom and it might have seemed no, you did wonder. Yeah. That's what I mean. On the outside, it looked like you were killing it. Sure, sure. Yeah. And I think a lot of people were, are in that position with, especially in the field of fitness, where from the outside, it looks like things are going really well. And in, not that they aren't for that person, but their business might not be as, as you know, rosy, peachy as it might seem. You know, not that I ever, I don't think I ever tried to give the perception that I was making thousands and thousands of dollars per month, um, you know, but, you know, I ended up, you know, I hired the, I hired the, the coach of the fitness coach. Um, so I ended up actually, you know, joining a program of a, of a pretty well-known fitness coach, you know, that had the name behind them. And it, you know, it, it was a pretty good, a pretty good chunk of change. And I realized real quickly, this is, this was actually one of the biggest things I took away from this is that the quality wasn't there of the program. So you're paying, I, I paid for this big name, but the quality behind the, the content that I was receiving and the coaching that I was receiving wasn't there. And, you know, I learned a lot about business and a lot about, you know, how sharky people can be, um, you know, especially I think the fitness industry is full of sharky people. And, you know, I, like I said, I realized really quickly that a lot of times when you go for a product from a big box or a big name, you're not going to get the quality that you're going to get from somebody who's charging less um, or, well, maybe perhaps charging a little bit more and is has a less of a load um, to kind of carry because, you know, that person at the top kind of has to spread all that out um, and is giving a lesser quality product. So, you know, I went through all that. And then after I went to that program, that was kind of, that was kind of like where I think I knew that the end was near. Um, it was kind of like my, that was like my all in at that point. I was like, I'm going to go through this course. And I had these aspirations to come out on the other side and I was going to, it was going to be all right. You know, everything, you know, they were going to teach me everything I needed to know to be successful. Cause that's what they said. Um, you know, I was going to get a hundred clients, a hundred clients in, you know, hundred leads, you know, close half of them. Uh, and you know, it didn't, it didn't pan out. It didn't pan out. Um, and I would say, you know, after that, I kind of, <laughs> kind of fell into a little, little state of depression actually at that point. Um, you know, this is, this is tough to say, and I've said this to people, but I kind of felt invincible going into the business because I thought that I couldn't fail. Um, you know, I haven't failed a ton in my life before that, you know, I was, you know, I would consider myself pretty successful when you grow up, I think in Elmira Heights, the success was like, Hey, you get a good job. You got a house. You, you, you're, you made it, man. 
congratulations. That's awesome. And so, you know, my first five years of teaching and, and, you know, getting raises and then getting a raise when I went to Odessa, you know, I felt good. I, you know, I, my, I was good at my job, even though I didn't like it. I had a house, I was married, you know, we had money. I was like, I can't fail. You know, I can't fail. Um, that's and, and it, between the desperation and the, and the feeling of, I, I can't fail. Um, which is what led me into the business. It, once I experienced a catastrophic failure, um, like I said, I probably spent six months in this like state of like, what am I going to do? Like I was still coaching. I was still trying, you know, things, trying things with the business to try to make something work in the end. Um, and then we, we were like, we're going to run out of money. We, you know, we're going to run out of money here. So I was like, I got to do something. So this, that is when I ultimately, you know, I finished the clients, finished up with the clients I had. But in the meantime, I had to find a teaching position. Cause I, I didn't know, I was like, what am I going to do? You know, my, you know, I have to go back to teaching. That's my, that's my career. That's the, what I, this is the path I have to go now. Um, so I applied for a position with BOCES um, at a, um, it's called, it was called Seven Valleys New Tech Academy in Cortland, New York. Ended up getting the position. This was, this was like maybe a quarter of the way into the school year. Uh, I ended up getting that position, which saved our lives at that point like it was like it, it, it was the worst thing to happen to me and it was the best thing because I knew that I was going to I, I just didn't want to go back to doing that but I knew I had to so it was a blessing um, and ultimately from that point you know Birch Fitness kind of just dwindled away uh, you know it's sad to say and you know sometimes I'll get you know, alerts on Facebook. Hey, someone like Birch Fitness. I'm like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> like, you know, the page is still there, you know, but the website, you know, shut down, you know, I had this awesome website. Again, one of those financial decisions is like, why did I pay thousands of dollars for this website um, that generated zero leads, you know? Um, so I ended up teaching at Seven Valleys and you know what? I almost didn't make it the whole year. Uh, I, I realized very quickly that, you know, that position that I signed up for at that school wasn't the position that was, you know, kind of sold to me. Um, but I ended up finishing the year out. And this is when COVID started. So, so COVID started about, you know, over halfway into that year. So I think this would have been 2020, um, if I'm not mistaken. Ended up teaching, uh, you know, virtually for most of that year. Um, and my wife's job ended up going remote. So this was a perfect opportunity for us to leave, uh, to leave New York because we've been talking about it for a long time and ultimately made the decision to move to Austin, Texas. So I needed a job and I was like, let's try teaching it. Let's try teaching in Texas. Let's see what it's like, you know, Let, let's, let's give it a shot. So, um, I applied for a few positions in Texas, ended up getting an interview with a school, uh, Meridian World Schools, a project-based learning school. Uh, interview went fantastic, got offered the job. We left New York maybe, I don't know, three weeks later. So I finished out the school year there and you know we left for Austin, Texas. Neither of us having been to Austin, Texas before. Uh, and we, had, we left, we didn't have a place either. So, so we just drove down there. And in like a few days, we found an apartment and we set up home base there. Um, actually, haven't been back to New York since. Actually, going back this weekend. This is going to be our first time we're flying back home this weekend. So, um, Bring a coat. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, we, we actually we get some we get some snow down here, believe it or not. Last year there was a big huge ice storm. It was like it I was like record breaking. Yeah. I, I remember that. Um yeah, so Meridian got got the job at Meridian and made it to Thanksgiving. Made it to Thanksgiving. I between the the demand on the position and the hours. Um, you know, I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people think that teachers have this cushy, you know, 40 hour week, you're in, you're out job. And, and it's simply not true. It's simply not true. And I, I do think there are teachers that, that do have the opportunity to, to have that lifestyle. Um, but for, you know, for a math teacher, I think that does the job right. It's not a 40 hour week job. And it, it was the life the work-life balance wasn't there. And I was literally going insane. Um, and my wife's like, just leave your job. Just leave. You know, we were, in a, we were in a good financial position at that point. So she's like, just leave. And I was like, okay. Again, had no game plan. You sensing this pattern here of no game plan? Uh, <laughs> we weren't going we to say anything. But. And, and again, I think, I think Paul says it right from the outside. It's like, oh, this guy's, he's got his life figured out, right? It's like, dude's doing right. You know, he's posted on social media, you know, he's fit. He's like, oh yeah, he's not, it, 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 it's a, you know, it's not a facade per se, but like there's a lot going on in the background that I think people don't realize for, for, for a lot of people out there. Um, so I left and I, you know, I, I had a, you know, I have two bachelor's degrees and a master's degree in education. And I'm like, what, what am I going to do? You know, like, I was scared to go back into fitness because of, of what happened with Birch Fitness. Um, you know, I kind of had like PTSD from that situation a little bit. And I, I kind of still do um, in, in a sense. So I just started applying for jobs, just anything, you know, and, and I, I, you know, I ended up going to some interviews and stuff and I'm, I'm just talking like labor jobs, you know? Um, and then I was like, you know what? No, I'm going to, I'm going to apply for some personal training jobs. And I actually had personal trained, um, at Cornell University for a couple months, right at the end of Birch Fitness, right before I started my, my back into teaching. Um, so I, I had a little bit of experience one-on-one -on -one personal training through there. So put some feelers out, ended up actually getting a, a coaching position at an F45. Um, and a lot of people don't know what F45 is, but um, F45 is a... Um, it's a global fitness studio. It's functional fitness. It's hit training. It's circuit training with, with personal trainers on the floor with members. So it's, it's a group fitness training facility. Um, and I'll kind of just leave it at that. So I ended up getting a, a position there. Uh, you know, it's part-time. Part uh, loved it. It was immediately, you know, it, it, it's not one of those, and it, it's kind of hard to, just, to explain it if, if you haven't personal trained before, but one-on-one -on -one personal training is very direct. Um, you know, you're kind of spending, obviously you're spending your entire time with that client. You're coaching them through, you know, maybe eight movements. Well, F45 is, you know, 24 people on the floor doing 18 movements all at once. So it's very much, uh, multitasking and it's very much teaching. So I was so good at it right off the bat because I had the fitness knowledge, but I also had that teaching component that I'd worked on for eight years. So my background in, in teaching played a huge role in me being successful in this position. And I loved it, fell in love with it. Now it didn't, it wasn't enough. I needed, I needed more income. So what I also did is I, um, 
I got a position with a tutoring company in North Carolina um, remotely. So I would do that and I would teach or I would coach um, at F45 kind of like as a full-time partnership. Um, you know, and uh, something I kind of skipped out on, by the way, in this whole thing is that I, before Birch Fitness, I actually had another business, which was a tutoring business. It was called Twin Tiers Tutoring uh, with myself and one of my colleagues, James Neerstead. Um, very successful, very successful tutoring service that we provided in Elmira. Probably helped 100 kids, at least between the two of us. Um, we were very successful. It, we were like a name brand in Elmira, to be honest, when it came to tutoring. If someone wanted tutoring, and they, they knew that we were the two guys for mathematics to go to. Um, so I actually still have some clientele from New York. So that business isn't per se dead either. Um, it's just not as big as it was before. So with my tutoring experience, I was able to, like I said, um, kind of make a, a full-time position between the coaching and the, and the tutoring. Well, um, at 45, I realized really quickly was my future. Like this was, I loved it. it. It was the first time in my life that I woke up and I wasn't like, oh my gosh, I, I have to go to work today and this sucks. I was like, wow, I get to go to work today. I get to coach all these amazing people. Um, I get to literally watch them progress. I mean, and, and, and the cool thing is they're adults. A lot of them older than me, 50, 60 years old, literally transforming themselves from off the couch, can't do anything, back hurts all the time to doing box jumps and burpees and bench pressing. I'm talking 60 year old women, like it, it's crazy. Um, and I did such a good job and, and the manager of the studio, the owner of the studio realized that. And I quickly went from just a trainer to the head trainer in, in charge of the entire training, training staff. Um, so right now I have seven trainers underneath me. Um, I've been coaching there for about a year and two months. Uh, the facility, you know, when I started there, we, you know, we, I, I want to give, I don't want to give a specific number, but, you know, we had under a hundred members and, you know, in my time I've been there, we've doubled that. We've doubled our membership. So I like to think I'm a big part of that. Um, I've created a real relationship with, with that community because the gym is, is, is community based. And, you know, I kind of consider myself like, you know, the leader of the community um, in, in kind of like that beacon of light. Um, and, you know, with my skill set from Birch Fitness, I was able to start a program within the gym. Uh, it's called the Year of Change, where I provide nutritional support to the members. So I was also able to take my experience from Birch Fitness, everything I did there, nutritional consultations and all that. And I was able to apply that to my job um, just bringing more value with me to that position. Um, so, you know, it's funny when, when I, when I, you know, started that position, I don't think the manager had any, he was just like, oh, okay, cool. You're, you were a teacher. You're looking for something like, you know, I don't think he realized what, what, you know, the, the skill set that I was bringing with me. And I don't think I realized the skill set that I was bringing with me. That's a big thing. Um, I was, you know, I went into it thinking like, I don't know if I'm going to be good at this. I've never done this before. All I know is teaching mathematics. That's all I know. So the, the fact that I was able to get good at it very quickly and then develop based on the skill sets that I developed before, um, it just made the experience so much better. It made the experience so much better. 
So, you know, and that's where I am today. So, you know, like I said, I'm the head trainer at 45 Round Rock here outside of Austin, Texas. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not making buku bucks, but I love my job. Um, and, and one thing I've realized in, you know, I have my wife to thank for this is like, it's not, it's not necessarily about how much you're making. And, and, you know, even as a teacher, we don't make that much money, but once you find your passion and what you're passionate about, it, the, the money is secondary. It doesn't really matter that much. Of course, you have to make ends meet. Um, but I think, and I, I think that people say this a lot and people don't really believe it. But once you do find your calling, um, it's something that you have to be willing to do for free, I think. And I would do this for free, 100%. If, if money was no object, I don't think that I would stop doing this. Um, you know, whereas most people are like, if, if they got the free ticket, they're out of here, you know, they're out of their job, they're peace out. But, uh, you know, I, I enjoy going to work every single day. Yeah. It's amazing because you said something early on that said you can, you can not like something, but be very good at it. It was some, and I think that's what a majority of the population does. Mm -hmm. And they, they go the five days a week and Matt and I have talked about it. What is it? People get like the scaries on Sunday because they don't want to go to work the next day. And then you just fight through the week and then they hope to retire someday. And from what you just said, you're probably to the point you're not worried about the money and retiring because you found a calling and all that. It, you, you can tell you're already head trainer. You've got the tutoring business on the side. You're already you're already expanding more than you realize because you went with your meaning and purpose first. Yeah. I, I agree with that 100%. Yeah, Devin, I, I mean, I, it's obvious in our four pillars, you found meaning there, which is quite honestly, I don't, I don't think something most people ever find in their jobs <clears throat> or, or, or careers and, and, they're, and they're different things. But even people who get into a career, I don't know what the percentage is, but it's extremely high, don't have any meaning. They're, they're waiting for the, when do I get out of here? When do I retire? When can I go, you know, sit on the couch and watch Jeopardy kind of thing? <laughs> and, and that's a, and to me, that's the saddest thing in the world. It's the saddest yeah. thing in the world because you said it. I, I, I tend to agree. The money, the money's, you know, the money's not the thing. The money's a tool for whatever else you're trying to do with your life. But the meaning is what you're, what people should seek. And, and I've told this story a bunch of times. I'll say it to you. You know, my mother once said to me, I know about my daughter. I know you just want her to be happy. And I said, no, that's not what I want for her. I want her to find meaning. Because meaning is what's going to drive her for, for the next 60, 70 years of her life. It's not chasing some fleeting moments of, of, of joy and happiness. Those are great, and you should enjoy them when you get them. But that's not, get, that's not what gets you out of bed every morning. That's not why you got up and go, I can't wait to go to work, versus I've got this teaching job that everyone thinks is what I'm supposed to do. It's, what, it's my career. It's, it's, it's what I went to school for. And I hate it. And I've been in those situations too, Devin. So I, I know what you're talking about. So, you know, I think it's, I think it's a number one, I admire you for being so open about it because so many people, they want you to believe what they put out on the surface, right? Whether it's you meet them in, in, in the restaurant or see them on social media, they've got the mask on and the whole, yep. here's the facade. And most people don't have the courage you have to say, look, I've had some failures. I wasn't happy. It wasn't right for me. I have some PTSD from it. I'm still looking for this or that. 
good for you. And that's why you're in a position at a young age where most people never will be. Um, the, uh, the most obvious question for me is, what's next for like where do you go with with this company from here uh, are, are you gonna be happy forever uh doing it are there opportunities for growth do you do you start your own haven't you given it a lot of thought yet because you're enjoying it like what do you think yeah that's a great question um so you know uh my my wife is very uh she's very free-spirited and she always has these these grand ideas um and you know one of them uh, you know, Paul mentioned uh, before we get on here, uh, you know, was to, for us to live in the van, you know, in a converted van, you know, and kind of travel across the country, uh, you know, and work remotely. Uh, you know, that's one of our goals. You know, that's one of our aspirations, I should say, or one of our dreams, right? You know, or another one is to stay in a different Airbnb every month and travel across the country, um, you know, and, you know, but for me, it's like, well, okay, well, what am I, what would I do, you know? And, you know, the cool part is I could always fall back on tutoring. Um, you know, tutoring's always been successful for me because I'm good at it. And actually, I believe it or not, I do like, I like tutoring. Um, it's a lot better than, than classroom teaching, in my opinion, because most of the time the students, they, they, they want to be there. And, um, you know, you know I, I put on a good hour for them. You know, it's not, it's not this is boring, you know, the, I got to go see the boring math tutor again. It's, you know, I, I get to go work with Mr. Birch today. That's pretty cool. Um, you know, with the fitness, uh, I, I've been having a lot of, of thoughts lately about like, you know, about Birch Fitness and, you know, I, I think a lot of people, especially nowadays, it's like, well, the remote opportunity, a lot of people want to work remote if they can, you know, why not? Um, and I'm like, you know, I, I ran this by my wife a couple weeks ago. I'm like, you know, what do you think about me potentially starting the business up again? Um, and it doesn't have to be. And, and this is where I failed, I think, to start. Instead of kind of just dipping my toe in and maybe getting a different job um, and kind of complementing that with Birch Fitness, you know, I kind of just dove straight in. You know, I dove straight in. I didn't have, I didn't have a backup plan. You know, but now I'm like, you know, why don't I start getting active again on social media? Uh, you know, share my life. Um, start sharing what I'm doing again. You know, I'm 32 years old. And I'm in the best shape of my life. You know, how did I do that? Uh, you know, what are things I can share to help people get in the best shape of their life or just get in shape at all? And, you know, she's like, I think that's a great idea. You know, there's no, there's no pressure. That's right. the, that's the beauty, I think. And, and, you know, I think that's, I think, you know, not saying that Birch Fitness will ever be successful again, necessarily, but I think that's the part that was missing before is I was, it was, I was throwing a Hail Mary, you know, it was, there was five seconds left in the game and I was throwing a Hail Mary and, you know, I got one, you know, five defenders around one guy, you know, in the end zone. So, you know, now it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's still the first half and I got plenty of time. And, you know, if I want to step back into that role, you know, I have the luxury of offering services, maybe, a little bit cheaper than what I was before, just to start getting my feet wet again, start getting some clients. And, you know, again, it goes back to enjoying what you do. I loved Birch Fitness because I loved coaching people. I love seeing them transform themselves, not just physically, but also mentally. Um, you know, I would have calls like this weekly with my clients and, you know, they would, 
this is another part I love about my job is it, it's more than just fitness. You know, a lot of people, you know, they they put a lot of trust in me and they, they're willing to share things with me, um, you know, and I hear their stories. And for a lot of people, it's beyond their health, beyond their fitness, right? It, there's there's a bigger, deeper story there that 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 is comes out. And I think when they realize that, that that has an effect on a lot of the choices that they make, especially with their health and fitness. Um, yeah, so, but what do you what do you mean by that? Can you give any an example without obviously mentioning one specific? Of course, I'm not, just curious. Um, I kind of have a sense of what I, I think you mean, but I'm not sure I do. Yeah. So, like for instance, um, you know, there's some clients at the at the gym that I work with, and you know they've they they've gone through some serious injuries in the past, right? Um, and it weighs on them mentally because they want to perform at their best when they come into the gym. And I've had people break down because they know that they can't because in the back of their mind, they're scared of getting injured again. They're scared of getting hurt. Um, and, you know, so it, it's a deeper level than just surface. It's not just, hey, I just need you to move more and, and eat less, right? That's what a lot right. of people think it is. It, there's a deeper level to, to health and fitness that I think a lot of people miss, miss on. And that mental aspect is huge. And, you know, I don't try to be a psychologist or a therapist, but I listen. Listen. Right? I listen. And just by listening and somebody saying it out loud, it, they can realize it on their own. Right? Mm -hmm. They can realize it on their own. And, um, you know, obviously I've had clients with, you know, you know, teetering on the edge of eating disorders. Right? And not that I would, not that I, you know, that's not my scope of practice. So I don't, you know, but they, they just need to say it out loud. You know, they need to say it out loud. They need to realize it themselves. Like, oh my gosh, I just said it out loud, and now I see. Now it's you know, real. Now I now see I what's can real deal with it, kind of thing. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, That's super interesting. That makes sense. It's really interesting. Um, so I think I got off. I think I got off topic a little bit. Uh, I think oh, you. We, <laughs> we, don't we don't mind at all. That that's the point of this. So, so kind of what I was what I was saying is, you know, now that you know, I've got this great job that I love. Um, and, you know, I, I have some extra time, you know, dabbling back into Birch Fitness. And, you know, it doesn't have to be Birch Fitness. It can just be me saying, hey, guys, you know, here I am. You know, I'm, I'm going to kind of share my story with you guys. I'm going to kind of share my day-to-day -day with you guys, show you what I do, um, drop you some helpful tips, some hints, some tricks, things like that. And then if I get some fish that bite, that are like, hey, Dude, I love what you're doing, man. Uh, you're an inspiration. I, you know, are you coaching? Cool. There it is right there. Like it, there's no pressure. Um, and you know, I don't think it has to be like, Hey, I'm offering services, you know, come get a free consultation. And then, right. you know, like, you know, I don't think it has to be like that. <laughs> um, so that's well, I, my, you know, yeah, sorry. Yeah, Devin, I, 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 I get asked this question a lot from, would be entrepreneurs and, and I, you know, should I just jump into my jump in? I got this idea or I want to do X. Should I just jump into it or, or what my advice generally, and especially someone who's, you know, maybe a, a little older, um, has, is married, has, has a mortgage or, or whatever, has some obligations, right. Financially. Um, I, and even not, I, I tend to go with the, the philosophy. Hey, look, if you can work for someone else, you kind of have a little security over here 
and do something else on the side, yeah, it's going to take more out of your week. You're going to spend more hours. That's the trade-off for it. That's how that's how it works. But you're also not putting all your eggs in a basket. Right. Um, and and you know, so so you kind of you'll have the best of both worlds in terms of the security and starting your business, but have a little. Um, but you'll be trading some more time for it. I think that's generally the way to go for people. I know that's what I did. My first several businesses I started, all of all of which I still have, all started while I was working for other people. I, I uh, you know, then then I got out on my on my own when when I build them to a, to a degree where I didn't need you know need that other income anymore. Um, but I, I I think that's uh, sound advice for most would be entrepreneurs. It's not for everyone, but I think it is. Now, how do you how do you look at helping people in upstate New York when you're living in Austin? I mean, I know we're in an internet age, and I assume that's that's what it is. But do you, do you see any additional uh, challenges with that? Do you do you see any additional opportunities? Uh, so are you saying in the scope of Birch Fitness or just yeah, in I, Yes, I am saying the scope of Birch Fitness is what I was referring to. Yeah, I mean, so the, the great thing with coaching online is is that, you know, it can be done. You can coach, you know, in the States, out of the States. Um, that That's kind of the beauty of it. Um, you know, I, I did have a few clients that were, you know, when I was coaching in New York that were not New York based. Mm. Uh, you know, so I did, I you know, I did have some people that found me that were not based in New York. Uh, and really the, you know, the, the approach isn't really any different from, you know, coaching someone that's down the street from me or coaching someone that's across the country from me. Um, you know, even if they're down the street, I still treat that, you know, it's, it's a virtual, it's a, it, you know, it's virtual coaching. Um, and that's the great thing about the, you know, the day and age we're in is that um, you can provide a sound fitness and nutrition coaching service via the internet. Um, there's, you know, there's there's a million programs out there, and between Zoom and uh, you know this program I was using called Trainerize, where I would build all my clients' personalized um, fitness uh, routines, and then you know helping with the nutrition side, you know it could all be done on a couple platforms, uh, which is really the beauty of it, you know, and it's you know it's where tech's going. Uh, you know, the day and age of the personal trainer, you know, people still love that personal touch, but the the great thing that I provided was this direct video conferencing that I think a lot of coaches don't provide to their to their clients. You know, a lot of coaches will, and I can speak to this because I, I, I've had, um, I've had a coach before um, and it was all email, you know, it was all email. And, you know, we're past that now. I think we're past that. And, you know, that kind of goes back to, you kind of get what you pay for. Um, you know, if you're going to go with a big box, big name person, you're probably going to get that level of, um, of coaching. And it's not going to be, you know, it's not going to be that person usually coaching you. It's going to be a minion, right? You know, coach, coaching you. Um, whereas with, with, with what I was providing, it was you get what you see, right? You see my face. I am talking to you. Um, what I tell you, what I tell everybody on my social, this is, this is me. You know, this is me right here. Um, and, and, it, and it lets me be open too, right? Because I, I think a lot of people, they, when, you know, when they see the coach, and I think, again, this goes back to what Paul was saying about, you know, you see the coach on the outside and everything's rosy, um, you know, but I think a lot of my clients, you know, they want to, they like it when the coach is vulnerable too, because it humanizes them. 
And, you know, it, it's like, oh, well, oh, this guy, you know, he's got some things he's dealing with too. You know, he's not perfect. He's making it work though. You know, he's making it work. And it, and, and it, get, it motivates them a little bit more to see what's happening on the inside as well. That makes sense. Yeah, and, and Devin, you sound like a guy who values your freedom a lot, and and um, as do I. And, uh, you know, Paul was saying something before we were on recording about you said something about traveling around. Is that part of your – and I don't know anything about it, so I, I you know, I don't, I don't have any preconceived notions here, but – but I'm curious now with your smile. Um, but what is that? Is that something you know you try to fit in your life? The ability to to kind of travel and move around, and 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 your your career is is uh, fit into that, or, or because I, I we kind of touched on it several times, and um, I've taught online for colleges for years now, and one of the reasons I got involved in it was I could. I could be anywhere, literally anywhere in the world and handling my classrooms and those kinds of things. And, you know, I'm going back 12, 15 years now. And I thought it was just a, the coolest. I mean, it gave me a level of freedom that I was like, this is this is unbelievable. And and now it's just gotten better and easier and all and more more uh, uh, mainstream and, 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 you know, all those things. And I, I can't, you know, I can't tell you how important that was over the last 12, 15 years for me. Um, do you have a kind of similar kind of ideas or? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so uh, before, before I talk about that, um, I want to, I want to mention my wife a little bit because, um, you know, the Devin Birch before my wife, th this is a, I'm a completely Devin Birch now. Okay. I, and, and, and a lot of that has to do with her and her outlook on life, um, you know, I, I don't, when I say this, I, I don't mean this in a, in a negative light, but I, I had the Elmira mindset. Um, and, and what it was is like, hey, like, like I'm never leaving here. Um, you know, and I, I think a lot of people in small towns, you can really call that the small town mindset. Yeah. It's like, hey, this is, this is it, man. This is cool. Like, you know, I'm just going to stay here. Like, right, I, had, I have a job. I got a house. Like, cool. Like, what else do I need? Um, and, you know, my wife kind of opened my eyes to like, Hey, there's, you know, there's, there might be more out there, right. We, we should, we should, we should go experience somewhere else. Um, that's, uh, that's pillar number four in our, our world, Devin, it's called perspective. Yep. She, she opened up an opportunity for you to gain perspective and, and, uh, I'm, I'm leaving two days from now to go to Europe for two weeks. And the reason I go to Europe is for perspective. And the reason yeah. I travel where I travel and do the things I do and it's for perspective. So I'm sorry to interrupt, but it's important for what Paul and I talk about all the time. And it's clearly something your wife has, has given you. And, and I, I think that's wonderful. But I know so many people, especially being a small town guy myself, and all of us are, they kind of have that small town perspective of this, everything's here and why would I leave? And there's right. nothing else, you know, and, and when you can open up that perspective, God, the whole, the, the, it's, it's amazing. It blows your mind. So sorry to interrupt. No, that's fine. And, and kind of going off that, you know, I, I wouldn't have ever had the opportunity that I had, at, you know, F45, I wouldn't have had that in, you know, Elmira or even, you know, we, we were living in Ithaca and Cortland for a couple of years as well. Even there, you know, the, those opportunities aren't there. Um, so by moving to Austin, it, it opened up, you know, my, my opportunities for me. Um, um, so, you know, got, kind of getting back to your original, um, question. So, 
you know, we're, we're, you know, my wife and I very much now are in this mindset of like, you know, the grind, the grind is old school. Like, like working 60 hours, I think used to be cool. It was like, Hey man, how, how long did you work last week? I worked 60. Oh man, you were, you were boss, dude. You're, you're a grinder. Cool. Like, like that, you know, we, we've kind of gotten away from that mindset. Um, and, you know, we really, we, we're trying to optimize our time in terms of like, okay, cool. Let's try to make as much money as we can in as little hours as we can. Right. Um, you know, and, you know, we've gotten to a point where we, we're doing that now and we're, we're super comfortable and, um, you know, our, our goal, our outlook obviously is, is to save, um, and invest, but, but eventually to be at a point where we're both remote, um, you know, she's already there, she's already there, but then travel, just, just full-time travel, uh, you know, and, 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 you know, traveling on a budget per se and not going out, you know, to, you know, and traveling as someone would go on like vacation. Right. Um, you know, but making it a lifestyle, you know, so like I said, you know, I mentioned the van thing and I mentioned the Airbnbs, you know, my wife will remind me too, that she would like to backpack through Europe for a year as well. Um, she'll remind me of that once in a while. Uh, you know, so we have aspirations, um, you know, right now <laughs> she actually has to have a, a, a jaw surgery. So right now, we're at least here for about, you know, a year and a quarter right now. So we know that for about a year and a quarter, we are here. Um, so this is, you know, everything's good, you know? So right now we're happy, we're comfortable, but we are not people that kind of stay in one place, you know, because in in when we moved from Elmira, we moved to Ithaca, then we moved to Cortland, and now we moved, you know, to Austin, Texas, um, we are realizing, okay, there's more out there. Like we're, you know, we've got a good chunk of Texas and we're going to, we want to get a little bit more, but we also want to get a good chunk of maybe Colorado, maybe California, maybe Florida. Like, um, you know, there's a lot of places that we want to see a lot of places that we want to be. And I think I'm realizing at this point that I'm lucky enough to have a skill set that I think that if I needed to go get a tutoring job, I could do that. Or if Birch Fitness, you know, if I started that back up and that, you know, that brought me a little bit of side income, you know, I could pair that with something else. Um, so that's kind of like our outlook, you know, the next five, 10 years. But like, honestly, we're not looking, you know, we're preparing for retirement, of course. Like we, we're, we're really good at re saving for retirement, um, you know, dabbling in some new age technology, cryptocurrency, uh, you know, things like that. But um, you know, we're, we're not really thinking about 65 right now. We're not thinking about 65, where I think that used to be my mindset. Right. And, and I think that's, you know, my grandparents instilled in me in that. Get a good job, save as much as you can for retirement, right? And, yep. you know, we're doing that. We're, you know, we're saving more than I think, you know, 85% of people in America. But, guarantee but it's not like, guarantee yeah. It. But we're not, you know, we're not trying to pinch pennies and, and just, shovel everything we can into our Roth IRAs and, you know, whatever, so we can max them out all the time and, you know, do this or that. We're more of like living in the moment right now. Um, and, you know, that's kind of like the approach that we're taking, uh, we're being smart, obviously. And yeah, yeah. And it's weird because I would, I, I would have never been like this if it wasn't for my wife. And it, it's a good thing. It's, it really is a good thing. 
you know, a lot of people I think would say, you're crazy, dude. Like you're crazy. You're not thinking about retirement. Like, like, come on, man. Like, and I mean, if you're just thinking about the future all the time, you don't even know if you're going to make it to 65, you know, that's the thing too. So um, I hope that answered your question, Matt. Sorry, kind of. Oh, it did. There. It did. I was, I was curious the, some of the banter. So yeah, that's, that's interesting. Paul, go yeah. ahead. I interrupted. We have to have you on about, we'll talk about crypto and blockchains and stuff some other time. Uh, quick <laughs> side note, I tell my kids, you were the first person that ever told me about Bitcoin. Really? probably don't even remember back back in our teaching days and i'm like nah i'm not doing that and i wish i got into it when you said to <laughs> but but any, that that's a whole nother story but i, I want to end with this because I, I mean this has been an awesome discussion but i'm a big proponent uh you are where you at you are where you're at because of what you experienced in the past so I'm going to, I'm going to set you up with a question. Would you change anything about your past journey or or do you think it's exactly what you should have done to get to this point now? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. And you know, that's funny. I've been thinking about this question um, quite a bit. Um, you know, for the sake of my wife, I wouldn't change anything because I don't think I would have met her obviously, but, but if I could have met her still, I would 100% do it differently. I would 100% do it differently. And, and here's why. Uh, I never really wanted to be a teacher. It was, in high school, it was, hey, what am I good at? Well, okay, I'm good at math. And like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of good at like helping people with math. And it was like, hey, be a teacher and get, you know, get some of your student loans paid off in the process. And I was like, oh, that sounds cool, I guess. Like, yeah, I guess I'll do that. Like, it, and it sounds, it, it sounds stupid now that I think about it. It's like, really, dude, that was the thought process of, of how you decided your career path and what you were going to go to college for. And that was it. That, you know, get a good job. You know, that those were the values that are instilled in me. Get a, a good job that's dependable. You're going to get health insurance and that, you know, you can have for life, right? Raise, you know, you get Devin, you know, raises and. Devin, it drives me crazy because, of course, that's what you thought because what else were you going to think? Because that's what everyone's telling you. And it drives me crazy. And this is why I got involved with. Paul's class and other things as well. There needs to be other voices out there saying that's not the only thing. And, yeah. and you wonder why so many people have no purpose and no meaning in their lives because they're told, get a good job, save for retirement, you know, let, let basically let someone take care of you and, and just do this thing and it'll, you know, it'll take care of your needs and you'll be safe. That's what the message is. Well, no wonder no one, no wonder so many people are unhappy. No wonder. They never would have told you to do what you've done. Oh, I got an idea. Move all over the country. Coach online. Go. To, it goes outside of every everything they would possibly say from people who have no meaning, no purpose, and no happiness in their life. And and that's that to me is the problem. And and it takes people like you and and others going out there and go, going, holy cow, look at look at what I can do on my own and what else is out there, leaving all these other people back in the 50s, continuing to, 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 to do those things. Unfortunately, those are the voices out there. Yeah. Those are 95% yeah. of the voices are get a good job, go to college, or go to college, get a good job, you know, be safe, be safe, be safe. Wrong. It's a wrong message. I, 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 I hate it. I mean, it's got its place in some sense, but um, it's misplaced today. It's misplaced Agreed. for a lot of reasons. 
And your story is a perfect example of why. And and I don't care how I don't care about the money and and the safety of it. I, they're so completely overrated. It's the purpose and the meaning and the perspective. Those are the things that matter. And, um, you know, you're, you're, I, I love what you've had to say, and you just obviously lit a fire under me on this whole thing because I, I, it drives me crazy. And, and the people preaching this stuff are sending all these people down the same road of unhappiness. And I don't know when it ends. I really don't. Kevin, uh, I'm going to put you on the spot now. I want you to Zoom with my class sometime soon. Uh, because yeah. if, if you want to see how I strike a nerve with parents, I, I suggest to the kids they take a year off from school and just get a job and invest their money and, and explore what they're good at. Or they have so many credits at the local community college, just go there part-time and still pursue yeah. what you want to do and see what happens. Because until you experience X, Y, and Z, how do you know that's the path you want to take, right? Yeah, boy, no, I, get I agree. Couple, I get a couple coming after me. No, they're going to said university. Like, well, are, are they paying for it? Yeah, well, then they don't have to go to that university, right? Yeah, so, yeah, and, and, and yeah. And you, it, it happened that way for you. It happened that way for me. I was late into the game. Uh, you're a lot earlier into the game and pursuing your meaning compared to what I was. Matt was even earlier than us, but here we all are, you know, and I don't think you could argue for two seconds that we were better off to do it the old way, right? Right. So, hey, this has been fantastic. We're going to have you on someday when you're remote from your van, okay? Yeah, that's great. <laughs> you're going to have a big satellite dish on the top, right? Yeah, you I'm sure. be in the background yeah. cooking, cooking off the hood. <laughs> no, I, I'm joking, but I'm not. That would be awesome. I know. Yeah, that would be awesome. Devin, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, I appreciate both of you. Thanks for having me on here. This is great. Thanks, Devin. We'll talk soon. Yep. All right.